Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. We're here today with Christian Jarrett to talk about the science of personality change. Christian is the author of the book, Be Who You Want. Unlocking the Science of Personality Change. He is a cognitive neuroscientist by training. He's been writing about and popularizing psychology and neuroscience for more than two decades. His writing has appeared in places like the BBC, New York Magazine, Vice, The Guardian, GQ, Wired. Today, he's the deputy editor of Psyche, a digital magazine that illuminates the human condition. And he has written a number of critically acclaimed books. Studies show that personality actually changes a lot over the course of your life. And there's no time that it changes more than during the teenage years. Really interested to speak with Christian today about why teenagers' personality changes so much, what the influence of parents is on that, what the influence of friends is and how we can make sure our teenagers are changing in positive ways during this time rather than negative ones. Christian, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You do a lot of stuff, all kinds of writing. You are a cognitive neuroscientist. What got you interested in the science of personality change and why is this a topic that you thought was so you know, important enough to spend all this time and energy writing such a thorough book about? Well, like you say, yeah, I've been, for about 20 years or so, I've been reporting on new psychology findings, neuroscience findings. And it was like, uh, how much are we capable of truly changing ourselves? was like a, uh, a common theme that I noticed kept coming up. Interesting. Yeah. yeah a, lo- okay. a lot of psychology seemed to boil down to that. So yeah, right. I, I wanted to write a kind of a, a book for the public, a mainstream book rather than a textbook. It resonated with me and I thought it would resonate with the readers. There's so much self-help advice out there, isn't there? And I've certainly myself reported on lots of kind of insights from psychology studies and that kind of thing. And so yeah, there's just always this question kept cropping up, how much can we truly change uh, yeah. deep down? And so personality, you got a lot of interesting research in here about personality changes over the lifespan and seeing that there's actually uh, a lot of change happens between people's personality as a child and then later on as an adult. And you talk in your book about how uh, adolescence is a big reason for that. A lot of change happens during that time, I guess. Is it like, I mean, we know teenagers are kind of moody and cranky, but are you saying that there's actual changes happening in their actual personality during these years? Yeah, so that's right. So personality change actually continues right the way through life, like into old age. Okay. 
Yeah. William, William James, the famous American psychologist, said our personalities were set like plaster around age 30. But the, mo yeah. the modern, like longitudinal findings that track people over decades have found that personality change continues right through life. Interesting. But it's important. The important caveat is that there is a thread of continuity also. Okay. That you can, yeah, yeah, because you feel like the same person. I mean, you don't feel like you change your personality too much. Since. Yeah, so there is this thread of continuity, and you can look right back into into your childhood and find the kind of roots of your adult personality. And yeah. and you're quite right. So, in, and then in adolescence, I would say of all of all the life stages, adolescence is the time of peak kind of peak personality change sure yeah i don't know if you've come across this but there's something called the disruption hypothesis so generally right through the life course there's something called the maturity principle which is that our personality yeah. traits kind of change in an advantageous way on average as we get older you know we, we kind of mellow yeah. become more conscientious that kind of thing so that yeah. so through the whole life you get this kind of gradual improvement i suppose you could say but the the exception to that is in adolescence, where you you get this um, temporary regression, where <laughs> yeah, where teens kind of their like trait neuroticism goes up, uh, their conscientiousness goes down, that kind of you know declines. And psychologists call it the uh, disruption hypothesis because it's like their personalities are temporarily disrupted and kind of regress. So, which I can imagine huh. some parents would probably identify with that <laughs> yeah. yeah right but then so that's just a temporary thing and then they start to yeah. kind of climb back up after a couple of years that's right yeah later in adolescence they kind of recover and, and start to improve again and get back on that sort of convey about toward the gradual improvement that so they're more, less conscientious they're going to be during the teenage years and more also neurotic more uh that was that, that finding was actually for girls only okay okay yeah, the, the, the highest into neuroticism. Uh, for, for boys and girls, the disruption hypothesis has found, you know, it describes the finding of lower conscientiousness and lower agreeability. Agreeability is another of the big five traits. Right, yeah, yeah we want them <laughs> to be agreeable, yeah. So you talk about how we can be influenced, our personality can be influenced by the people that we hang out with. And I feel like a lot of parents, you know, resonate with that um, because you always feel like, you know, what kids are influencing your kids, like uh, whatever they're doing, you know, you're like, oh, I know what kid like uh, influence them to do that. And you talk about self-monitoring, I guess, like high self-monitoring and low self-monitoring is that does that influence like how how much are your teenagers going to be influenced by their peers or like um how do you think about that yeah well i'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this research that suggests you know parents influence on their kids including their teenagers is not as large as we tend to think in popular kind of discourse that it is yeah yeah and a lot of the influences are actually Besides, obviously, the kind of genetic influences that you can't really do anything about. Uh, besides that, a lot of the main influences are outside of the home. Yeah. And they're unique to the child. Like, so even if you have, like, siblings in a, in a family, there's this expression that some of the researchers use around this, that 
actually no two kids are raised in the same family because ah. because everything's different for each child depending on their like their birth order depending yeah. on the friendship groups they hang out with sure. and um socialization effects which is how our personalities are shaped by the people we hang out with those effects are kind of um maximal in the teenage years and early early adulthood they tend to decline yeah they tend to decline later in life so programs have been set up to try and help vulnerable teenagers you know with issues like around antisocial behavior that kind of thing when they failed that that tends to be because all the uh, emphasis has been put on kind of adult role models and parenting practices and what the research has suggested is that what those unsuccessful programs were not realizing is just how important the peer influences are and in, unless you kind of get the peer groups on board as well and educate and support across uh, a vulnerable teenagers friends and so on it's not going to work because if they're still mixing with friends who are having a harmful influence on them or leading them leading them astray and shaping their personality in, in unhelpful ways then those adult influences and adult role models are just not going to be effective so you talk about how situations how in different situations we act in different ways and have different personality traits and how we can sort of select the situations properly to promote positive personality traits that we want to have in different times. I wonder, uh, part of me is like, okay, well, so that's a good idea. So you should make some, make the situation in your home better for your teenager to have more positive personality traits. But then is that not so good? Because then that doesn't teach them how to um, do it themselves and they need some of that difficulty mm -hmm. or something uh so i don't know just got me thinking about that yeah i think there's definitely a, a balancing act there yeah i mean the, the research with adults has shown that by being more intentional and conscious about the kind of situations we put ourselves in yeah yeah doing activities that help us obtain a more positive mood uh, hanging out with people who make us feel good about ourselves and bring out positive aspects of our personalities. Because uh, there's something called affective presence, which is this notion that everyone kind of varies in how they make other people feel and how the, the aspect oh. side of their personalities that they, they bring out in other people. So by being more cognizant of those kind of effects, then as adults, we can actually uh, draw out the more positive aspects of our personality like lower our neuroticism, in increase our openness to experience, that kind of thing. But uh, you're, you're quite right. I mean, with teenagers and, and kids, there's also this whole line of research that suggests if you kind of remove all the challenges away from Yeah, we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're never going to learn to do anything for themselves. They won't right. develop resilience, emotional resilience. And so, um, I would say it's about it's a balancing act and it's get it's about having a conversation with your your child or teenager about the kind of boundaries or you know the, the level of challenge that they're comfortable with and where possible yeah. don't just keep don't keep jumping in to do things uh for them and resolve problems for them and i, I mean one sort of theory that i guess is it, it applies in adulthood but it's particularly pertinent for teenagers 
is um, social investment theory, which is this idea that our personality traits are to some extent shaped by the roles that we take on in life. And that, that dovetails really nicely with the idea that it's beneficial to give teenagers suitable levels of uh, responsibility, mm. especially if those responsibilities are transparent. Uh, you know, so they know what is expected of them. I see. And they're, they're duly rewarded for when they live up to their responsibilities. That's kind of creating a culture and an environment that's going to cultivate a, a, a conscientious personality. So that, that I mean, that implies in adulthood, but it's particularly appropriate in adolescence. talked a lot about the different substances and how they affect personality and I think that's kind of interesting also because I think teenagers can get into using substances for these reasons like drinking alcohol to feel more extroverted is that true what are the effects of alcohol on personality and um, I think it's helpful to know about the research about this kind of stuff when you're trying to talk to your teenagers about you know, all these different substances and stuff like that. Yeah, well, the, the acute effects on personality, yeah, when you've had a few beers, that, that's kind of one thing. Uh, and yeah, the studies there, there's, there was an amusing study that kind of gave different names to these four kind of different ways that yeah. intoxication can bring out different uh, effects in a person's personality. One of them was the nutty professor, I think, was one of the, they kind of, uh, one was Mary Poppins, which was this idea that when you're drunk, you still act or you act with more agreeability. Um, I can't remember all of them, but I, th I think one interesting insight that came out of that was the mismatch between people's own verdict on uh, their kind yeah, of drunk we personality. Think, we think we're like really fun when we're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not like the other people that are lame. <laughs> exactly. So there, yeah, there's like this mismatch. Yeah, people think their drunk personality is a certain way, and their friends and relatives say, "No, it's not like that at all." But that, those are the kind <laughs> of yeah. Uh, those are the acute effects, but long, long-term chronic, like chronic over, overindulgence in alcohol is associated with negative kind of personality outcomes later in life. And, um, yeah, I mean, there are close links between physical health and personality traits, personality kind of gets beneath the skin, so to speak. It yeah. is related, it is related to our physical health and our brain health. So any kind of any kind of behavior like a drinking problem is is going to, as well as harming your physical health, it's going to manifest in harmful ways for your personality as well. Yeah. So that's worth bearing in mind. It's going to do things like lower your trait conscientiousness, um, increase your trait neuroticism, which is your emotional instability, and that kind of thing. So, uh, yes, definitely worth bearing in mind and. Similarly, the, like there's research on chronic, chronic kind of overuse of cannabis, again, yeah. again, similarly showing like over the longer term, over periods of, you know, over the years, um, yeah. people who use a lot of cannabis will see declines in their conscientiousness, that kind of thing. Yeah, you have interesting thing in here. It says a study of undergraduates found those who smoke weed showed less initiative and persistence even after controlling for initial underlying personality differences. So it is true. 
the stereotype of the stoner who's too chilled out to bother doing very much at all. Yeah, I think there's an element of truth to it. Yeah, I mean, there will always be exceptions, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it don't want to be a total killjoy about it. I mean, there's other, <laughs> the, there are some findings suggesting, you know, um, temporary benefits to creativity and openness to experience that can come from using substances, various substances, you know, whether it's cannabis or taking psychedelics. It's probably worth, you know, drawing a distinction between the acute changes that can take place and the kind of chronic effects if you have a problematic relationship with the substance. You talk about the importance of just believing that we're capable of changing our personality. Yeah, definitely. Well, there was actually, um, I was reminded, uh, you know, as I was getting ready to, to chat to you, there, there was a study a little while ago that gave teenagers, uh, I think it was like a 30 minute tutorial in the malleability of personality. And it had these beneficial effects for them over the coming months. You know, when they, it, it's similar to, which I'm sure you've come across and your listeners as well, you know, the kind of growth mindset theory it's similar to that. So it's just, a, but in this case, rather than being applied to learning and intelligence, which in the original research, this study kind of applied it to personality. And it found that te when teenagers who were given this tutor tutorial in the subsequent months, you know, when they were confronted with challenges in life and that kind of thing, they were far less likely to beat themselves up about, about it and see it as diagnostic of what's lacking in themselves they were more likely to take a constructive approach and realize that there are things that they can do to adapt and learn and you know to, to discover solutions to the challenges it's beneficial to to young people and but also for adults i mean i think recognizing the malleability in our personality is i hope empowering you know for people to discover that if they've ever felt boxed in or people making assumptions about them or if anyone's ever been frustrated sort of by their traits you know there are definitely things that you can do personality is it's a meaningful concept it matters but it's kind of trainable yeah. to an to an extent sure you can't completely yeah exactly but it's to, to a degree it's like more akin to a skill right but and so that's important as a parent to communicate you know to your kids that this is something you can work at and get better at just like other things yeah and i mean my book has quite a lot of stories of individuals who have achieved sort of positive personal change in their lives and i think quite a few of them had very problematic teenage years so it, it's quite encouraging to realize while there are these important important links you know between adolescent personality and later life outcomes that is always on average, you know, that's, that's looking at uh, everybody in the round, but there are exceptions and there are people who have managed to break out of that kind of story, if you like, that was set up for them early in life. Um, even people like um, Emma Stone, the actress, you know, she, she had terrible, she was terrible, like cripplingly shy as a, as a teenager, you know, she ends up being a Hollywood star. Uh, I have I have someone I talk about in the book, Katra Corbett, who's an ultra runner, one of the few people in the world who's run 100 miles more than 100 times. She, you know, she was like a, a petty kind of drug dealer, 
in, in late adolescence and she managed to ch you know channel that some of that obsessive and extrovert side to her personality she managed to channel that into running and became more conscientious later in life so Anthony Joshua uh, the Olympic gold medalist boxer and heavyweight champion he like he he was arrested as a teenager and for carrying drugs and he getting into fights and that kind of thing and he he you know he's now held up as this kind of role model of he's so courteous and so I know he's a boxer so there's he's like a he's in a combat sport but outside of the ring he, he conducts himself in such a respectful civil yeah. way you know and is very respectful of his uh, opponents and he and he's nurturing with the next generation as well he's very concerned with nurturing uh kids from vulnerable challenging backgrounds so i mean you, you would never have thought that if you'd if you'd if he'd taken a personality test as a teenager yeah yeah he wouldn't have come out too good his scores on that right he, yeah yeah he's turned his his conscientiousness score i would say and his agreeableness he has kind of turned 180 i would say <laughs> yeah it seems like it right yeah and you have stories in your book of people who really have huge changes um in what we would see as being completely you know opposite of how they used to be so there it's definitely possible to um really make big changes yeah, and it's it's often by finding a, 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 a cause or something like that that is meaningful to them, yeah. you know, that brings out the better side of their personalities or re re sort of rechannels some of their attributes. That makes sense. Yeah, in a healthier fashion. Um, I talk about Majid Nawaz, who was he was like a terrorist sympathizer uh in his teenage years and he used to walk around with like a knife strapped to his back and that kind of thing nice. um, and he's he's now a, an advocate for peace and tolerance and you know so change is definitely possible we're here today with christian jarrett talking about why teenagers personality changes so much and what we can do to make sure it changes in the right ways. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. So in the, with the right opportunity and the right motivation, their fearlessness, which is part of being psychopathic, yeah. like ice running through their veins, you know, they're like totally calm and unfazed. Although that can, in the wrong environment, in the wrong upbringing, you know, go down the route of criminality and so on. It can, in a, in a different context, go down the route of heroic activities or like joining the special forces or whatever it might be. <laughs> Studies have shown that kind of CBT and practices like that lead to beneficial changes in personality traits, like less, less neuroticism and higher extroversion and that kind of thing. I, I think if someone is, perfectly happy with the way they are uh, you know and they're living uh, a value yeah. driven life in which their personality traits are perfectly in tune with their values and their goals and everything's kind of hunky-dory then yeah why mess with perfection sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah but I, I my message I guess is really for anyone who isn't entirely happy so whether they um they're finding it uh, hard to be a self-disciplined as they would like or to be as sociable and chatty as they would like or they're yeah. they're always a worrier like as part of who they are you know they they 
they experience a lot of difficult emotions like chronically and especially if these are, you know these traits are getting in the way of living the kind of life and pursuing the aims and values in life that you want whether it's being whether it's being a good parent or but for teenagers it could be being a good brother or sister whether it's doing well at college whatever it might be yeah. then i think it's good to know i hope i hope it's empowering to know that you don't have to just think well i'm stuck with who i am want to hear the full interview sign up for a subscription today you get access to all the interviews i've conducted as well as new episodes weeks before the general public it's completely affordable and your subscription helps support the work we do here at talking to teens thanks for listening